Hi, and welcome to Crypto Chats, a podcast that explores cryptids, alien encounters, and ghost stories. This episode was previously recorded for a different type of media, so please ignore all mentions of videos and specific photos. Um, Links to all the photos that are mentioned in this video are in the description. episode of my new series, uh, UFO Chats. Uh, Today I'm up in Lincoln, New Hampshire. Uh, It's very cold and very windy. Um, I drove all the way up here because I want to talk to you guys about Betty and Barney Hill. Um, You might be familiar with Betty and Barney Hill. Their uh, abduction story was the first ever widely publicized alien encounter story. And it's super cool. Uh, Being a New Hampshire native, I grew up on this story. It was one of the first things I ever learned um, in this realm of stuff. So came all the way up here and we're gonna talk about it. So let's get into it. (laughs) All right, so September 1961 is when this event took place. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill were actually local to the Portsmouth area, um, so Seacoast, New Hampshire, um, and they had taken a vacation up to like Montreal and Niagara Falls. um, So they were up in Canada and this occurred on their drive home back to Portsmouth. Um, so around 10.30 p.m. they were driving through Lancaster, New Hampshire uh, when Betty started to notice um, some weird lights in the sky. She described it as uh, looking similar to a shooting star but moving in the upwards direction which um, I'm sure we've all seen a shooting star before. They don't usually go up so you know naturally she was like hey that's weird. Um, so they talked about it a little bit amongst themselves. Betty was like very certain from the beginning that they were looking at a flying saucer. Barney was not so sure and really thought that it was a plane. Um, So along their route, they stopped at a scenic pull-off for Twin Mountain um, to try to get a better look. All right, so when they stopped at Twin Mountain um, at this scenic look-off, Betty took out her binoculars because she wanted to get a closer look at this craft that she was seeing in the sky. Um, When she got a look at it, she reported it to have um, a really odd shape to it and multicolored flashing lights going all around the bottom of it. Barney was really just sold on it being a plane um, until it very suddenly changed direction and swooped down towards them. Um, Granted, like keep in mind, this was like pretty far away from them. So the, the swoop was not just like, oh, here it is, suddenly here. But you know, they noticed an obvious change in direction from this craft that they had been observing. Um, which was, you know, enough to kind of, you know, be like, oh wait, maybe that is something other than a plane. Planes don't move like that. In their travels, they kept going after pulling off of this scenic lookoff, um, and they drove through Franconia Notch, uh, past the old man on the mountain, um, and they both saw this craft kind of fly past it and described it to be one and a half times longer than the old man on the mountain, who's a big boy. He's a pretty big man. So that's pretty large, that's huge. Um, And they kept an eye on it and it was kind of following them as they were driving. Um, After a couple miles, they noticed that the craft had gotten a lot closer to them and had started to descend down towards them. In this uh, UFO's descent, it started to block uh, their view of the road, uh, which is crazy. Like that had to be a huge, huge craft for it to be able to block 
the entire view of their road. So naturally, if your view is blocked while you're driving, you're gonna pull over, you're gonna stop and wait till you can see again, because that's how driving works. Um, so they stop um, after not being able to see the road anymore. And Barney, being the brave man that he was, he got out of the car and took his binoculars to look up into this craft to try to figure out what was going on. Now, I know if it were me, I'd be really intrigued, but I probably would not leave my car. I don't know that I um, have it in me to be that. I just, I'm not that courageous, I don't think. Like, I, that's really, I don't know. Maybe if I ever encounter something like this, I'll let you know how I reacted. But anyway, on to the point. Um, so Barney has his binoculars and he uh, reported that he was looking into the craft and that the craft was very like a silver metallic -y, um, kind of like color on the outside uh, that had like a dark window that he was looking into with his binoculars. Through the window, he reported seeing eight to 11 humanoid looking creatures watching him and staring at their car. Um, and he wasn't able to give a lot of description. Um, you know, you're looking through essentially what is a tinted window. Um, so, you know, didn't have a lot, but you could see that they were relatively humanoid um, looking and there were about eight to 11 of them um, and they were all watching them. So this is where it starts to get a little bit weird. Um, so Barney reported that all but one of the humanoid creatures that were inside of this craft kind of dispersed um, and the one stayed and started to telepathically communicate with him where it said stay where you are and don't stop looking uh, which is crazy that's scary I know that would definitely I'd be like nope I'm out gotta go sorry can't do that um, but I mean apparently Barney had the same idea because they hopped it right back in the car and boogied right on out of there which is fair um, upon their drive back so they leave this area by Franconia Notch, basically where we are right now. Um, and after being told to stay where you are and don't stop looking by this, you know, humanoid creature that was communicating with him telepathically, which he later went on to say that they were somehow not human, as if he was surprised because they were human looking enough, but they like somehow something was off, which I feel like is pretty standard in a lot of alien encounters, you know, people something, something is off, it, you know, it looks like it should be familiar, but it's not quite familiar. Anyway, so they leave that area and they're driving. While they're driving, they get maybe a mile or two away before they start hearing this like rhythmic buzzing sound coming from the trunk of their car. Um, I don't know what to compare that to, like I, obviously I didn't hear the sound, so I don't know what it actually sounded like, but all I can think of is like maybe if a bee was trapped in your car. That's like all I got. But they started hearing it for a very long time. Um, and then shortly after the buzzing noise, a warbling, kind of like the standard like whoop, 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 whoop noise that you encounter in alien movies and stuff, um, they started to hear that as well. Um, Betty and Barney Hill reported that that went on and then for about 20 minutes, there was nothing. There was silence and they were just driving and everything was normal. And then all of that started happening again and then everything stopped and there was no activity anymore and they were just driving home. The thing that's interesting about that is that there was so much lost time in this case. As you can see, I know it says it on here. Lost time. 
um, where they have no recollection of where they were. They don't remember being on the road. They don't remember driving. But they also don't remember what was happening to them, right? So like they don't remember driving, but they also don't remember what they could have been doing that wasn't driving. So there's kind of just a whole like three hour chunk of time where they have no idea what happened to them. Um, so friends and family um, and the people that they reported this encounter to when they finally got back home to Portsmouth um, did a bunch of calculations and their four hour drive back from this area in Canada to Portsmouth took them seven hours. So there was a whole chunk of time that they, this was not accounted for, which I think is crazy. Like that's nuts. And also I've done that drive before and I know that it definitely does take four hours because, you know, being a New Hampshire local, like we do that sometimes. So that's just nuts to me. It's like, that's, that's a lot of lost time too, because you know, I've, in a lot of the stories and stuff that I've read, it's like an hour, 20 minutes, like two hours most, but like three hours is a lot of lost time. And for them to have zero recollection of what happened, like not even any recollection of driving, they, you know, kind of just plopped out by the end of their trip and were suddenly back home in Portsmouth. That's so weird. That's so weird. I don't know. I think it's nuts. Anyway, so once the couple like returned back to Portsmouth and once they had gotten back home, um, they just were experiencing so many weird things after the fact too. So like not even just during this encounter, but afterwards there were lasting effects. Um, for example, like their watches never worked again. They just stopped working at some point during this encounter and they never turned on again. They changed the batteries, they brought them to watch people and nothing worked and they never worked again, which is crazy to me. That's, I, I mean, I don't know much about watches. Maybe that's normal, but I don't know. Um, so when they returned, another example of like some weird stuff that happened when they returned is that Betty started exhibiting some really odd behavior. Um, the normal thing that people do when they come home from trips usually is bring their luggage inside and unpack it. Um, but Betty was adamant about keeping it packed and at the back door, which I don't, I have, I have no, no explanation. I have no like reasoning as to why you would want to keep your luggage at the back door either. So like, that's just like all of it's like, it's odd, it's just weird. Um, they also noticed that their clothes and belongings were kind of dinged up and like messed with. Um, the leather binocular strap on Barney's binoculars was torn. Not just like cut or anything, but like torn. Like ripped up, no going back, just done for. Um, and Betty's clothes were also ripped in several places. They were ripped at the hem, at the seam, um, at the zipper lining. Um, and she had a couple holes like in the bottom as well. Um, which is weird. Ba uh, Barney also reported that his dress shoes were like super scuffed up, um, which it kind of almost reflected like they were hiking, which they weren't hiking. So that's weird. Um, Betty noticed a pink powder-like substance on her dress um, that she had no real like explanation for. She couldn't figure out what it was or where it came from. So that's weird. And then uh, they also um, started finding these weird shiny circles on the back of their car on the truck, which reminds me of like that thing that people do where you put baloney on someone's car to take the paint off of it. I feel like that's probably the best way to describe it. Circles like that, like a baloney circle on the back of your car is the best way I can describe it. Um, and that's like, that's all very weird. Like those are all 
really weird things to have happen to you just normally, but especially following um, an encounter with, you know, some sort of like alien craft or something. Um, so then after that, like, I think I believe it was about 10 days after that, Betty started having really, really vivid nightmares in which she was on um, some sort of craft that she couldn't quite explain. They were really vivid and she felt like she was there and they happened for five days straight and then stopped. And she never had another one until like the day she died. So I don't know. I I have a lot of questions about this case. Um, you know, Betty and Barney Hill have been deceased for a few years now. A few. More than a few. They've been deceased for a while now. Um, and that's sad. Rest in peace. Hope you guys are doing great. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where like we'll never have answers to the, some of those questions and that really bums me out. <laughs> really, really bums me out. Um, the cool thing about this case though is that it, so Project Blue Book is like a, I think it was made by the Air Force. Um, and it's like a UFO investigation project. Um, and this particular instance, like I said earlier in the video, was the very first wildly publicized um, alien encounter ever in the United States. So this really kicked off Project Blue Book. And so some of the big alien encounters that we know of today that have been researched and stored in that area of information um, were, you know, because of this incident. Um, and also a lot of the stuff that you see um, in pop culture nowadays, like the way that they represent alien encounters and abductions and stuff was based straight up like to a T on this encounter, which is so cool. Like they, you know, they had no idea that like what happened to them would like eventually, you know, lead a whole friggin thing. I don't know. I can't think of the words I'm looking for, but I feel like you guys know what I'm talking about. So that's all I have for you guys on this encounter today. Um, there is a lot more information um, online, as such as like the detailed um, vivid dreams that Betty was having. Uh, those She was interviewed about all of them and the details of them are online. Um, and then transcripts from all the interviews, they, they did a lot of interviews. People were very interested in this. Um, and the transcripts from those interviews are also online. Um, so if this was interesting to you, you should definitely look into that. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed my first UFO Chats video. I hope you guys stick around and you're here for the next one. Okay, bye.